So y'all may not know Miss Felicia, but she's been a friend of Nicole and I yeah. for how many years? Over 12. Over 12 years? Oh my goodness. Abigail was two. Really? No, Rachel was two, Abigail. Oh my gracious. Wow. Well, yeah, it was 2006. It was the first part of 2006. So that'd been 13 years now. Amen. And uh, uh, Miss Felicia has pastored a church and ministered. And, um, you know, she's been coming here for a few months now and just being obedient to the Lord, just hearing from the Lord. And uh, when you walked in tonight, the Lord said you need to give her the mic for a few minutes. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm being obedient like you be obedient. Amen. Amen. When we were here this morning in worship, I was standing over there. And all of a sudden, I saw a white whirlwind in front of me. And I know that whenever you see a dark cloud, that's bad. But when you see a white one, it's bringing gifts. And so I learned um, from a previous spiritual mother who's passed on, Dr. Maddie, that wherever God gives you revelation, it's for that place. Right where you're standing, when the revelation drops, it's usually for where you are. Because he, he visits the place where he gives you the revelation. And so I feel like God is telling Boomerang to get ready for um, many gifts. Get ready for much revelation that's going to come forth out of this place. And I even hear the words, um, like never before. And I know that we treat that, you know, it's kind of like a catchphrase. Oh, it's, it's going to happen like never before. But 2019 is really a like never before year. And I think some of us can um, attest to the fact that some of the warfare has been like never before. So if you have like never before warfare, hold on to God because a like never before promise is behind that. You just can't see it yet. And I hear the Lord saying to tell the, the, the ministry and the people, oh God, you're so special. Mm. You're so, he just stopped me. I knew what I was going to say, and then I forgot. You're so special to God. And the Lord is saying that you're like one of a kind. God has a kind in the earth. He has a remnant in the earth. And you're like one of a kind. That doesn't mean that you're bigger and taller than anyone. It just means the uniqueness of the Lord. You have to continue to be before him to let him develop that. Because he calls the end from the beginning. So if the Lord is saying that you're like one of a kind, then that's going to be your end. Like, like the prototype of the Lord has dropped in here. And so everything under his anointing comes into the prototype. We don't come in into a place and deviate and do what we want to do. But when the Lord has dropped a prototype and a pattern on you, then you have grace upon grace and more grace to come into what he has already dropped in here. And so I hear the Lord saying as you keep seeking him and as you keep following him, I, I see you growing bigger and bigger and bigger 
into what he has already formed. And so don't think that you're seeking him too much. And don't think that everything is too much. Because I know sometimes that things can feel like I can feel hearts. Things can feel like it's too much. But just know if you just stick with the Lord and the things that he's given you to do and follow in obedience to what pastor is saying and what pastor Nicole is saying. Because believe me when I say the hand of the Lord is resting upon them. I was together with them when we were sitting in the pews. Remember when we were doing the offerings together? And so I've been able to watch him grow and grow and grow and watch her grow and see the prophetic mantle that's falling upon her. And so I know that God has gifted and graced you. And I hear the Lord saying to go with the flow and go with what you know. If you already know to do a certain thing, then God is saying that you can take confidence in doing it. Because if you already know to do it, then you know that you're going to have his backup in it. You can come on up, um, Pastor Brian. But the Lord is saying that he's going to fulfill his word in your lives. And I hear the Lord saying that your individual anointing will come out of the corporate anointing. So keep contributing to the corporate anointing. When the worship is going on up here, keep contributing to the worship. because, And that's very important to God. Where is the young lady? There she is. When, when these two ladies are up there doing the worship, oh, he is so pleased. He is so pleased with y'all. He is so pleased with your sacrifice and with the anointing that you're releasing. And I hear the Lord saying to just expect more. It's going to be more and more as you flow together up there. And the Lord is saying that he makes up the difference. Oh, and rest assured that he is on your side and he is guiding the things that come forth and that flow forth out of you. And I'm seeing a mighty river between the two of you. It's like you're in a river as you're worshiping. And as you're worshiping God and leading us in worship, then the river just explodes out to the people. And so if you can just be faithful to follow them, I learned early in ministry, I have to play follow the lead leader because the anointing of God is on the leader and if you can just follow what they're saying and follow what they're doing then the anointing that has been placed upon them and upon these ladies when they're up there you're just gonna get right into it you're just gonna jump right in the flow and the more that you do that the more and the, the further that you're gonna go in him and so he's gonna release a great big harvest in this ministry he's gonna I, I had a dream about pastor brian a, a few years ago i was walking behind him i didn't even know that he had been on that 40-day fast and and the lord i was walking behind him and when he turned his face i told him he had the face of an old man but it wasn't an old man like our old man of sin it was an old man like patriarchal so the anointing that's on his life is not to be played with and it's not to be taken lightly and i don't say that to esteem any man above any other man but what I see is that God honors the office and so God has raised up the office and you can best believe that it is real and not only is it real it is regal it's regal he is a king and a priest and I hear the Lord saying just to stay faithful for I honor you son you are my beloved and I have myself 
seen you. And I have myself acknowledged you, that's Jesus, before our Father. And I love you. And I will be with you. And I see a winding road ahead of you. It's like when you're traveling on a, a, a long journey and you know the road kind of goes that way and kind of goes that way. But the Lord is saying, rest assured that I am with you through every flow, every flow, and I'm going to release greater. There, I, I just, I see rivers coming out of him, just very, I don't want to take over, just very strong rivers coming out of you. And people, I've already been refreshed being here, and you know, he has the water, the fire, the wine, the bread, the meat. All of that is in this house. Um, it is. I, I, I don't know who's listening, so I didn't want to say that out loud. But just keep going with that because he has truly made you a father in the faith. And I can see the um, anointing of, of one of the forefathers on you. Um, God placed that on you. Um, I picked that up months ago. I was sitting in here, and I was like, look, that, that's somebody else. That's that person. That's real, and that's from God. And I hear the Lord saying, just expect, son. Expect, son. I could hear, expect, son. Just expect, son, because you're going to birth many. You're going to birth many. And I see like a carton of eggs. <laughs> And just as a chicken, you know, delivers all those eggs, you know, when it seems like things are not going um, as fast as you want them to be, the Lord is saying, just know you're sitting on it and you're hatching it. You're, you're sitting and, and you're ha the, the faith and patience that you were talking about. And it's many, many, many as he's sitting down, resting. The sitting is resting in your seat beside Christ Jesus and, and you're hatching, and it's coming forth. And the reason why he's saying it was an, I saw an egg carton is because it is to be delivered. It is not just to stay in Albemarle, but it is be, to be delivered, prepared out to the people. And I know that you know this, but God comes with the word to reassure. But I just want to remind you of that whirlwind I saw in front of me this morning while we were worshiping. You want to get caught up in it. You want to be under the opening of it. You want to stay where that is. Don't get out where it's so dry that you can't feel the wind of the Spirit. If you ever feel like that, then hurry back into worship. Don't, don't let the enemy get away with nothing. I've been through so many trials. It's, it's enough to take a person out of here. But I learned if I could just get to the place of worship. He said, daughter, rest in my glory. If I can just get to that place of glory, I know the Lord is going to start taking all that stuff away and so he is so faithful to do it and he always does it he's never left me wanting or lacking and so it, just stay right there stay right there and and don't back up don't stagnate before I came to church this morning I heard that old song by um Keith Moore where where he said um oh lord you got to keep pressing on until the battle is won I've got the victory living inside of me. I've got the greater one who has overcome. This ain't no time to turn back. There, there is no room to be slack. 
You've got to keep pressing on until your battle is won. And so never give the enemy an inch. Don't even trust him about anything. He's so deceptive. He almost gets me to trust him. He almost get just like Paul, Agrippa told Paul, you almost convinced me to be a Christian. He almost gets us to trust him, but don't trust him. He's an expert. We're not an, he's an expert deceiver. So don't be condemned. We're not experts when he's lying in our ears, but we have the expert on the inside of us. The ancient of days. Hallelujah. The father of everything, the father of lights and everything that is good. The Lord is saying he's going to push you more and more and more. More. How would you, um, not what you think, but what do you believe the Holy Ghost is saying about that whirlwind? What is it? What does it mean? I saw things coming out of it. I see, even now I see gift boxes. I see like gold boxes with, with gift ribbon on it. Um, and the gifts, I'm hearing the gifts in manifestation. I'm seeing Bibles fall out, revelation of the word. Being passed out into boomerang and into the ministry. And people, it's just, it's coming out. Yeah, amen. That's good. That's all I'm seeing. <laughs> amen. Glory to God. Mommy, <laughs> to me so she's clear tell her those two things that you told me so she hears it she was in order um, some things you say publicly and some things you don't and um, <clears throat> Jesus did that in his ministry he didn't share everything he said to you is given to know, know the secrets right to you is given to know so in other words he spoke in parables. He spoke how people would understand. But then he explained a lot of things to his disciple. There's something to be said about fellowship and relationship and people that are close with you. And uh, she was in order to do that. The two things that she told me were good. It was good that you didn't say them publicly. But uh, I just wanted you to know that because not everybody is being around spiritual moves and know what to do there. But you notice even with Jesus that he didn't go into every room with everybody. When it came down to business and something important needed to happen, they needed supernatural power of God, uh, he generally took two or three guys with him, basically, you know, Peter, Peter, James, and John, and moved into that room and he kicked everybody else out. And those were the guys that were the closest to him. Those were the guys that were believing in him, and they were, they were backing him up in faith. They were backing him up, and then he'd explain things to them. Uh, there's an order, but uh, it's interesting that the Lord brings it up that way because what we're talking about tonight is being in Jesus. In other words, it's through fellowship that special things are shared. Through fellowship that special things are shared. Not everything's shared with everybody. There's an impartation, and it's through fellowship that that's shared. And that, that responsibility of fellowship is not necessary on, necessarily all on the leader. Matter of fact, the majority of that fellowship is not on the leader. Remember Elijah and Elisha? Elijah was leaving, and Elijah even told Elisha, go on, go on now. You know, like telling the dog to go back to the house. You know, go on now, get, get. And he told Elisha that. And Elisha said, no, I'm not leaving you. I will not leave you. I will not. 
And he said, finally, he realized he was speaking with the resolve. And he said, well, then what do you want? And uh, he said, I want the double portion. He said, if you see me when I go. See, he still had opportunity to leave there. But Elijah said, no, I won't leave you. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. It's through fellowship that special things are imparted. It's through fellowship that things, there's an impartation of those things. It's through fellowship. It's through honor. It's through humility and submission and uh, committing to a place and to a person. It's through fellowship. Um, you know, many times in, in our lives, we've had leaders uh, that didn't do exactly the way we would do it. But if God's linked you together, who am I to break the link, right? right? Who am I to break that? Right. It's not my job to break that. If anybody breaks it, it's the Lord, not me. Not me. It's not my job. You know, I could, I could you know, say right now, even not leaders that I have right now, I would probably do it different than them. But the truth of the matter is the reason why they're my leader is because I don't know what they know. And so my job is to find out why would they do it that way, even though I think it's the other way. Why is that? That's where humility comes in and submission, and then all of a sudden it's in that that special things are imparted. It's in those fellowships that it's imparted. I remember talking to one of my leaders a few uh, years ago, and uh, they were in this specific period of time. They had multiple people that had even been in their life for years and years, and they had, were leaving, and, and it was you know, almost a reshuffling of sorts, uh, but it was painful to them in the flesh because these relationships that they'd have were leaving. And I, I spoke to it. I was meditating on that because what I saw was a leader that God supernaturally connected to uh, me to. And I saw him going through pain. And I said, Lord, I want to understand that. I want to understand what, why is there that pain there? What can I do? Like, I'm not in that situation myself. But what can I do to never cause that? Right. What can I do? And, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, I put you together supernaturally. I'm a covenant God. I knew what would always happen. I knew what's going to go on from this day forward. But if I put you together, you should not have it in your mind that I'm going to be separate in any way. That's a covenant heart. And that's a heart of God. God is a covenant God. And, and when you understand that, you start to see... That our job is to make connections and not let go. And when God places us and plants us, uh, even in a ministry, for the most part, that should never change. It should never go away. Why? Because there's covenant there. And so even, even after that, I've seen people, even my leaders, that like they did something. I'm like, I don't know that I would have done it that way. I would say it goes the other way. And so there's a tendency for a, a disciple or somebody who's connected to a leader and supposed to be submitted, there's a tendency there for that person to back off of it and to say, say, well, that's not how I would do it. I don't believe the Bible says that way. This person must not be a leader anymore. And throw away the anointing that connected them because they have a disagreement. See, this is when we really find out Submission and authority and humility. And this is where you either decide to pick up more grace, some of the things she was talking about. This is where you decide, I'm going to be one who traveling through life picks up more grace or less 
based off of what I do in this situation. Do I choose where God has supernaturally made a connection to break the connection because I don't understand something? Or let's say even that it's not, it's not me that's wrong. I'm actually right, but they make a mistake. And all of a sudden I'm going to break the connection because they made a mistake? Praise God, God doesn't think that way towards us or we'd be in a jam, wouldn't we? <laughs> because I made plenty, right? So it's one of those things where God's a covenant heart and even if they make a mistake, he wants you to stay in that place. And if we're so mature, then we lift them up and we start praying for them. But the, one of the first things we do is connect with them and um, pray for them. We communicate with them. We don't just, you know, if, let, uh, come here, Paul. So let's say that Paul and I are connected and uh, he sees something uh, that I do that he doesn't like, right? And then all of a sudden he, he sees something that I don't like. Well, let's say that he doesn't talk to me about it, right? He doesn't communicate. Well, then you've got to ask yourself the question, is there actual healthy relationship there? If he's not communicating, the answer is no. Now, as a leader, I can cause that. As a leader, my responsibility in, in our leadership training, you'll hear us talk about safe harbor. I've got to uh, prepare safe harbor, which means that he knows he can come talk to me about something uh, that, that might be a little tense. But he can, I'm not going to judge him wrongly because of that. I want to hear what's important to him, right? And a leader is the one who facilitates that. And a leader is the one uh, who creates that, and they carry the responsibility for safe harbor. But let's say that a leader doesn't create that. Does that absolve him of the responsibility of communicating it? No. He still has, as the disciple, the responsibility to make, keep the connection. Because the connection is not as much in the leader's hand as it is in the disciple's hands. You want to see that in the Bible? How about this? Doesn't God want all men to be joined to him through the saving knowledge of Christ? And yet not all men will. Whose job is it to come and connect? It's the disciple, right? And so we start to see that the responsibility of the connection is on the disciple, not the discipler, right? Not the mentor, not the teacher, right? It's on the disciple. So they carry that responsibility for connection. And so, but let's say that he doesn't do that. Well, guess what? As soon as he doesn't communicate that, truth be told, even though we're close, there's a wall here that's, that you can't see. And so what happens? As there's a division here, there's a wedge. And if that continues to go, even though we may be heading in kind of the same direction, that wedge, you keep walking it out and it gets further and further and further and then all of a sudden the leader's going man why are they over there and then the the disciples going man why am I so far why do I feel so disconnected and it's because back then there wasn't communication and that's when what you have I don't know who this is for and it may be for all of us but um, it's specific because I definitely wasn't going to talk about this this is where uh, a leader is always receptive and open, yeah. right? They have to be open. I see many leaders who, uh, they'll burn bridges at this point. Well, they deceived me, they, they cussed me out, they did this, they did that, and they'll burn bridges. That is not the heart of God. God is a covenant God. 
God is a covenant God. And at that moment, they'll burn bridges. Leaders will. No, a leader's job is to keep that bridge open. No matter what. No matter I'm, if, if Paul got so deceived that now he's cussing me out and talking to people about me, my job is to love on him so that if he ever gets to the place where he decides, you know what, I need to reconnect to what God has done, he, a phone call, a message, and the doors open, and all of a sudden, you know, you're sitting right back there, and you're right back where you need to be, and that connection is there again, and you can walk together again. You know, how can two walk together unless they agree, right? Write the vision and make it plain. In other words, we've got to have agreement, and that takes communication. Communication brings us into a common unity, and that unity is where God commands the blessing. And the Word says this, that we are to strive for unity. In our house, in our church, we are to strive for unity. We are to strive for unity. In other words, we've got to we got to make this a focus of who we are and what we're up to. Because when we get unified, we become a force the devil can't do nothing about. How many people would like to be undefeatable? Would you like to be undefeatable? There's a way to do it. Get in unity. Get in unity. Undefeatable. You can't be beat. Undefeatable. But see, we've lived in a world that teaches us so much that, well, you're you and, and you just got to look out for yourself. No, I got to look out for the things of God. I got to look out for what he thinks is important. And he said unity is important. That doesn't mean that unity is not that we all agree on something. Unity is a unified purpose and vision and direction and do whatever it takes to stay connected. That's what unity is. Whatever it takes to stay connected. Whatever it takes to stay connected. Whatever it takes. Not making excuses for it. Just saying, hey, no, we can't walk separate like that. We've got to get back together. And then here's what that means. See, a lot of times when people say that, we've got to get back together. We've got to get back in unity. And what they want is to come in there and then they want you to agree with everything they say. That's not what it's about. It's about coming together, going back to that word, finding out what the foundation stone is, what the foundation says in that word, coming together on that, on a ground that cannot be shaken, and then walking forward on that. That's what it's about. Not what you think, not what I think, but what does God think? And then we're going to go do that. We're going to do that. What's the word say? 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 That's got to be our standard, right? It's got to be our standard. Got to be our standard. One time uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, just in marriages, what's the standard? You know, what should be the standard that we rule our house by? Well, one person's raised this way, one person's raised that way. What's the standard? Because here's the thing, the standard, uh, it, it, can, it can fall one direction or the other based off of who was raised in what way. The standard has to be the word. And when you come together on the word as the standard, now you come into unity. Right. Now you come into that place. That has to be the standard. You know, if somebody wants to talk and discuss something, one of the first things I establish with them is what's the standard? Because if the standard's not the word, we might as well not even talk because that's got to be the standard. 
It's got to be the standard of living. It's got to be or else we'll never have unity. We'll never see the vision. It's got to be the standard. It's got to be. And so we've got to communicate, but it's got to be on that standard, right? Amen. And if we, don't, if we don't get on that standard, we're always going to be shaken. Everything is always going to be shaken. Everything's always going to be in the wrong place if we don't get on the foundation of the Word, right? We've got to be in that standard. Well, things are given in those relationships. Things are given in those relationships, in that fellowship. Think about it, all through the Bible, the things that were passed down from one, one person to the next. And what did it come through? It came through relationships, through fellowship, right? We see this. We literally saw it from God to Adam, right? And then we see that blessing passed from Adam to Seth. Then it goes on down. You see it passed on to Noah, and then from Noah to his son. Not all of them, but one in, in specifically, right? We see that passed down, the blessing, the blessing, the blessing. And then we see that blessing on Melchizedek right. to Abraham, right. Abraham to Isaac, Isaac to Jacob, Jacob to all of his sons, right? You see the blessing, Elijah to Elisha, right? Jesus to Peter and John, James and John specifically, right? You see the blessing. Paul to Timothy, right? Stir up the gift by the laying on of my hands. It's through fellowship. There's things in your life that will be easy if the fellowships in your life are godly. There's things in your life that will be easy if the fellowships in your life are godly. We've got to make sure that those are right. We've got to make sure that they're the right ones. We've got to make sure that we don't break them or let the enemy come in and try to you know, drive a wedge in there. If you think about it, have you ever been trying uh, to drive a wedge in anything? It's like if, I, if you can't get the, the edge of that wedge in there, you, you're just going to be struggling. But as soon as you get just the nth degree of that wedge in there, it's over. It's over. Now, praise God, he has mercy on us because we've all had some wedges that have been in our relationships. And the, praise God, the mercy of God's empowered us to get those out. But what God's doing in those relationships is trying to get something to us, an impartation. He's trying to get an anointing in our life, a gift in our life to make it easy. And the devil's trying to drive a wedge constantly. You, the moment you think you've got this licked is the moment you're setting yourself up for a few months down the road. He's never going to let up off of this because he knows the power of unity. Look in the upper room. What happened? They were unified. Look in all of Acts. What happened? They were unified. They had one purpose, one vision, the heart and the mind of Christ, and they were unified, and the, and the blessing of God was commanded in that place. And so we've got to understand that while God's trying to get something to us, the devil's constantly using wedges in between relationships to break that thing up. Why? Because he knows if he can drive a wedge in it, he can keep the gift from being passed down. 
He can keep it from being passed down. So all he does is he tries to get you in a fence. He tries to get you in a place where you can't receive. He tries to talk about this or talk about that. You know, God knows, praise God, I don't know what everybody thinks about me at some point in the fellowship. I'm glad I don't know it all. But I've heard enough of it (laughs) that it's like, oh my gracious. You know, I mean, the devil just, did you know that the devil is a liar? He's the, and the father of them. And he, did, can you believe, the, can you believe the devil would lie to you about the relationships in your life? Can you believe that? It's true. How many people ever fell for it? Don't raise your hand. I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking. Don't, just think about it. I'll raise mine. How many people have ever fell for it? Man, I have. And it messed me up. And most of the time, most of the time you'll go through and if you could actually see the truth, like if you could see in the spirit and actually see what really happened, it wasn't that way at all. Straight up lie from the pit of hell and we fell for it. Literally watched this happen one time. Some of you have heard this story, some of you haven't. Uh, in our old building, it was early on when we had first gotten there. I remember I was standing, I was standing up front. I, I saw this happen. I didn't realize what was going on that time, but I found out the story later. I was standing up front and watching. It was like people coming in before service and everything. And uh, I saw uh, this one person come through the door over there. And uh, I saw when they come in, and I saw their friend over here. And this person over here, uh, this person over here looked at their friend. Their friend looked at them. The friend at the door waved and smiled, and the friend over here turned away. Yeah. I heard the ums. <laughs> uh. And the friend over here at the door, it went something like this in their head. What is their problem? What's going on with them? What's their problem? I, they saw me and didn't even wave. And so, you know, guess what happens after a few minutes of, listen, what you dwell on yeah. is what becomes a reality. Yeah. The, the word says this in Philippians. It says, uh, well, it says it in 2 Corinthians, take your thoughts, Captain. But in Philippians, it says, whatsoever things are, are good, pure, perfect, of good report. It, it says, if anything, it wraps it up by this, Philippians uh, 4. If anything is worthy of praise, I think verse 8. Anything worthy of praise, think on these things, dwell on these things. In other words, if it's not worthy of praise, don't think on it. Don't think on it. And over in 2 Corinthians 10, it says, look, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And then it tells us, you've got to take every thought captive that tries to present itself as lofty or higher than the truths of God. So sure enough, this person didn't do that. Now, uh, and what are they thinking five minutes later? That thought that they didn't take captive. Now, was that worthy of praise? Oh, man, my friend, they saw me. They Is that worthy of praise? No. Should they have thought another thing about it? No. If they'd have followed biblical principle, never been an issue. 
But they were still young and growing. I know y'all never been there. You were born mature when you came out of the womb. I know, but this person was. They were, you know, they, they went through normal human life, right? And uh, so then all of a sudden, they didn't take those thoughts uh, captive. And about that time, guess what was on them in about five minutes? Offense. Maybe about 30 seconds. But anyway, they were wearing it like a coat. Right? That's going to make for great video. Um, so then, this person over here, this person over here, here's the problem. You know, when that person looked over here and this person was looking at them, the only problem is, have you ever been looking at something but not really looking at something? That's what they were doing. They didn't even see them. It was a complete lie, fabrication, Lie from the devil, from the pit of hell. This person didn't even see him. Didn't even see him. But here's what they did see. Five minutes later, the offense on their friend. Acting like they're holier than thou. Stuck up. And this person went, what is wrong with them? Now they're believing a lie. They're not taking the thought captive. So both of them basically circled each other all day. Another one's going, and they're both mad at each other until over nothing. A simple miscommunication. I thought that I thought I knew something, and it didn't happen. How many things is the devil doing that to us in our lives? How many times, how, many, how about this, how many times, like used to, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have WebMD, but yeah, it's true, like, I'm sorry, Barrett, it was, it happened, yeah, it was this, it was this one time in ancient history, there was no computers and no internet, yeah, and um, so anyway, we didn't have WebMD, right, which I think I've been there one time. If you start coming down with something, do not go to WebMD and try to figure out what's going on in your life. Because the devil, you're going to be like, you know, <coughs> I'm going to die. You know, that's what you'll come away with. That's what the lie that will be thrown. And you, you don't have to go and try and figure out. Listen, uh, what the devil's trying to lie to you about, don't help him out. Right? right? Don't help him out. <laughs> He'll get it to you. He'll try to anyway. And you'll have to deny it. It'll be tempting enough as is. Don't help them. Right? Don't, don't help them. Anyway, so used to, we didn't have the internet where you could go and do that. But man, people, they'll start coming down with something. They'll go, and the devil's just like, how many people ever thought like, man, am I going to make it through the night? Anybody ever thought that besides me? Raise your hand, be honest. I've thought, like, I don't even know. Look at all the people who wasn't sure if they'd make it through the night, and yet here you are sitting here. He's a liar. He's a liar. And the father of them. Don't listen to his mess. He's trying to disconnect you from the truth. 
The word says this, that God preached the gospel, the good news beforehand to Abraham, saying, through you all the nations would be blessed. In other words, through your relationships with people, the blessing of God would flow. Through your relationships and your fellowship, the, the blessings of God would flow. And so don't throw it away. You know, do you think that Jesus is immune to this type of stuff? He is not immune to it. He just has made the right choices. But as a leader, do you think that he's immune to the attacks on his disciples? Uh, Judas. <laughs> How many times does Jesus get the blame for doing bad stuff in the world? Well, God, you could have protected me. Uh, he already did. It's your move. You could have believed him. But yet, well, God could have protected me. He's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to do. And he let this happen to me. No, he let you choose what you were going to believe. Because he wasn't making a robot. In other words, he let you choose to be in love. And yet, what's the devil doing? He's trying to throw a wedge in between the relationship between you and the Son of God. It's God's fault now? Let me tell you something. God's a good God. And He's a loving Father. But see, it's not just pastors that go through this. It's the great shepherd too, where the devil is trying to drive the wedge in between their Savior, their Lord and Savior, and their fellowship and relationship. Guess how else he does this? I've, I've fallen prey to this before. How about this? Well, I know I need to go and spend some time with Jesus, but I got to check in on Instagram. I got to see what my messages are. And before you know it, three hours later and, you know, double tapping all the pictures and, and figuring out all of a sudden three hours later and Facebook, you figured out what everybody else is doing, but Jesus, but Jesus, I see some nodding of heads. So y'all falling prey to it too, huh? And it's like, okay, well, I'll do it tomorrow. Three weeks later, you still haven't had any time with Jesus. Anybody done that besides me? And what's the, Lord, what's the Lord up to? The Lord wants you to be in relationship, but what's the devil up to? Dink, dink, dink. Not too long ago, I was dealing with something and uh, just trying to put my flesh in place and do things right. And guess what? And I said, Lord... I said, I need help. Your word says in Hebrews 4 that if I'll come boldly before the throne of grace, I will find, I'll come to my high priest who has had victory in every situation. He was tempted as we are and yet without sin. He said, I will come to my, my Lord and my Savior and find help in time of need. And he said, and to the throne of grace, to the throne of grace, I'll find help. Lord, I need help. And this is what he said to me. He said, you had help in those morning times that you overlooked and you were sitting there in Instagram. Your help was in your time with me and you overlooked it. Dang it. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I can tell that's never happened to y'all, but it was my story, my failure. You had help. You had help. 
But I, did, I meant to get with you. Mm, not based on intentions. <laughs> Fruit. Production. Fruit. Production. Fruit. Guess what happens? If we have the fruit of time with Jesus, we have the fruit of a life overflowing. The devil's looking to drive a wedge any way that he can. If he can get you mad at Jesus or just get you not to hang out with him. And all of a sudden the impartation that we need is missing. And when we need the protection, when we need the blessing, when we need the word... Well, well, Lord, uh, I, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Give me a word. Give me a word. And if he did answer us in that moment, many times he would say, it was there at Holy Spirit service the day you didn't go. It was there on Sunday morning. You couldn't get it on the Internet. You needed to be there. It was imparted by the laying on of hands this time, and you missed it. And the, the Lord's sitting there trying to help us and the devil's sitting there driving the wedge. Driving the wedge. Think about this. Think about it. How blessed could we be if we actually lived this right? If every time we receive the empowerment of God to be doing what we should be doing, and in the right place at the right time. And with faithfulness and not offended. Yeah. How blessed could we be? I'll, I'll tell you this. You know, used to, uh, when uh, right before we first met, probably in 2002, 2003, something like that, um, I was sitting there and I was like, you know, I believe in the blessing of God, but man, these things are just coming too far, few and far between. Like every, like every now and then some will come through, but it's like I need, them, I need them more often than that. And the Lord started really quickening Nicole and I, and, and he said, if you need them to come more often, then you ought to be obedient more often. Uh-oh. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> You need to get your life. You know, he said the same thing he told Jesus. You can have, you can have it is if you will hate lawlessness and hate transgression, I'll anoint you with the joy of the Lord, the anointing, the oil of gladness, the oil of joy. I'll give you an anointing. What's the anointing do? It breaks every yoke. It breaks every yoke. I'll anoint you. But you, look, it's not... The willing that eats the good of the land. It's not the obedient that eats the good of the land. It's the willing and obedient. In other words, not only am I obedient, but I want to. In other words, I've got to not only take the action, but I've got to take the responsibility to work on my heart. Well, I did what the pastor said. I, I don't know why. I don't know why he told me to do this. Doesn't he know? That's, you might have been obedient, but were you willing? You might have been obedient, but were you willing? Were your hands in the right place and your feet in the right place, but your heart and mind were not? That's not the person that eats the good of the land. Or maybe your heart's right. 
Oh, yeah, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. I'd love to. And, you know, whatever you need from me, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I was going to, but I forgot. I was willing, but not obedient. It's not eating the good land. Willing and obedient. We take time to have the responsibility to do what he tells us to do and want to. This, this comes back, you know what it comes back to. Us working on us. And not just going through life like, well, I'm paying my bills and, and I'm doing good. No, listen, God wants you moving in abundance. If he told you you can move in abundance, you can move in abundance. But you don't get to abundance simply by just sitting back and letting it be in lazy with your faith like we talked about this morning. We need inhabitation. But to have inhabitation, we got to put together uh, some things right. we got to put our flesh down and we got to start saying no to the flesh and yes to God on a repeated basis. Or we don't get to uh, benefit from a God whirlwind. You don't get to benefit from that if we're lazy with those things. And if we're not obedient and willing, you don't get to. You've got to get to the place where you start walking it on a regular basis. Well, we took that word and we said, Lord, start working on us. Whatever it needs that you need to fix. You know, have you ever heard somebody say this? You ever heard somebody say... uh, well, I know patience is a virtue, but I ain't praying for patience because you pray for patience and all hell will break loose. Right? You ever heard anybody say it? I've heard preachers say it. Have you lost your mind? You better pray for patience because you're going to pay for it one way or the other. You might as well get it over with and learn some. Right? You might as well get it over, over and learn something because... That patience, it'll produce a fruit in your life. As you start walking out there. So we basically took to the Lord and we said, Lord, whatever you got to correct in us, correct it. As fast as we can be corrected, correct us. As fast as we can do, do it. Because you know, if God just came down and showed you all that was wrong with you, you'd probably fall apart at the seams. <laughs> because here's the thing, you don't know all you got wrong with you. If you could see it, It'd probably blow you apart. You ever heard about that uh, parable with the the, uh, wheat and the tares? You know, one of the things it shows you there is he says, hey, do you want us to go remove these trash plants from the wheat, from the one that produces fruit? He says, no, let them grow up together because if you pulled up the trash plants, it'd pull up some of the good fruit too. See, here's the thing. In other words, one of the things you see in that parable is this, is that, If the Lord came in there and he just fixed everything, he showed you everything that you needed to fix all at one time, you'd be like Nicole. If she, if she, I heard her talking the other day to somebody, if God would have showed me that I'd be married to a pastor and up speaking in front of people, she'd have run and all you'd have seen would have been like a cartoon wisp of air, you know, gone like the road runner. She'd have been out. She likes to say that, but she, she loved me. She would have hung around. Right? Okay, good. Good. I was hoping so. Anyway, so, but no, she'd have been like, I don't know about this. Because I asked her to say hey to somebody, and she busted out crying. We had to go to another room. I said, all I want you to do is say hello. She went, and I was like, oh, dear Jesus, let's go over here. <laughs> Help me. What in the world is this? She's like, like this. I was like, 
I just said say hello. <laughs> she was like, Bwah! you know, and I'm like, oh my goodness, what in the world? So y'all don't believe that now, but you weren't there. I was there. It really happened. That's not a joke. It's not an exaggeration. She had a complete meltdown in the next room of the business meeting. Is that right? Yep. <laughs> and see, she can tell you because it's giving glory to God now because who she thought she was, God showed her that she was somebody different. But had he showed her everything at that moment, she wasn't ready for it. Blown her apart at the seams. You ever watch one of those movies, you know, with the fast cars and they got that bottle of NOS on there or whatever and they hit it? It'll blow that engine to pieces if they keep running it. Well, that's what it would be like if God showed us everything that we were going to do and needed to clean up. It'd blow us apart because we've been operating by so much fleshly stuff. If he gave us the real spiritual, we can't handle it. Ephesians chapter 1 says we need to be walking in. It shows that in the church we should be walking in an administration suitable to the fullness. But you have so many people, they won't even pray for patience. How can you walk in an administration and experience on a regular basis the fullness of God if you won't even deal with yourself? Church, Boomerang, how will you operate and carry the glory and the power of God if we won't deal with ourselves? It won't happen until we get honest and responsible. So we decided, Lord, as fast as we can be fixed, fix us. As fast as we can be fixed, fix us. And I'm going to tell you, he brought it. At first, we were like, okay, we got this. We got this. Oh, I think we got this. I think, are you sure we got this, Lord? I mean, it, it started coming hard and heavy, it felt like, to our flesh. It was a weight. But we had a lot to fix that we didn't even know needed fixing. But we just gave ourselves to it. And guess what happened? If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good land. All of a sudden, guess what happened? The blessings started coming more often and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then guess what? They started piling up. Like we started to move in some overflow. Ooh, overflow. Like we had more than enough. Like he's El Shaddai. More than enough. He supplies all our need. <laughs> you know, like the song. Like it was for real, not just a song. It started manifesting. The blessings started to pile up. They started to pile up. And today they're piling up more than they ever had before. And they'll continue. Why? Because we'll continue putting down the flesh and giving ourselves to the correction of God, giving ourselves to that place. Uh, let, let's put up Hebrews 12.11. Hebrews 12.11. Love this verse. Hadn't talked about it in a while. <laughs> I do love it. There was a time when I wouldn't have loved it. Yeah, I love this verse. All discipline for the moment seems to not be joyful, but sorrowful. Not some discipline. <laughs> not every now and then. Now he's talking to the flesh because your spirit's like, yeah, if you're born again for real, your spirit man is renewed and your spirit's like, yeah, bring it on. But your flesh, it's not as enthusiastic about it. 
Your flesh is like, eh, uh, I don't want it. And the Holy Spirit is like, but you need it. But your flesh is like, eh, I don't want it. I don't want it. But you've got to say, no, it doesn't matter what you want. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Notice that it says seems. It's going to how, be how it seems. It's going to be that it seems to not be joyful. But let me, let me just ask you something. The word promise us, promises us that he disciplines those that he loves. Does he love you? Yes. Is he ever going to stop? Nope. At what point then is he going to stop disciplining you? Nope. Sorry, flesh. Sorry. Guess what else? You got a pastor that actually brings this stuff up? Yep. He loves you too. He loves you too. He disciplines those he loves. In other words, for the rest of your life, your flesh is going to not like discipline. Every piece of it. Every little bit. For the rest of your life here on earth, before you get a glorified body, your flesh is going to be like, no, I don't want it. But you got to say, I'm sorry. Tough. Let me just tell you, the more you put the flesh down, the less it speaks. The less it speaks. It'll still try to speak, but it doesn't bother you the same way. It doesn't bother you. And the Lord makes us this promise. But to those who will give themselves to that discipline, it'll bring about, she said, the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Put the scripture back up, please. It'll bring about the peaceful fruit of righteousness. After you're disciplined by it, it'll bring about the peaceful fruit. In other words, how many people want a peaceful fruit of righteousness? Who I do. But are you going to get it without giving yourself to the discipline of the flesh? And giving yourself to the discipline of God? No, it's not, it's not going to happen. You've got to give yourself to it. That means you've got to allow yourself to be molded in the hands of God and become his masterpiece, to become his workmanship. You're living stones. Imagine him as someone who's, who's fine-tuning you all the time, shaping you because you have a perfect place in the house of God. In Peter, it tells us that you are living stones being built up into a holy temple. A holy temple. Being built up, God shaping you. I don't, we don't need a hundred Pastor Brian's in here. We'd be a messed up house if that was the case. We don't need 50 Jessicas and 25 Debs. No, we need one of each kind. Each one is a beautiful masterpiece created and shaped by God. Perfect. Now, that doesn't mean that you get to hold on to the fleshly side of you. Well, I'm just being me. I'm just being real. No, you're being belligerent and rebellious, and it's your flesh, not your spirit man talking. But every spirit is made into the workmanship of God, and it's designed to be a living stone that God himself 
says, I choose you. And you are choice and precious. And I have installed you, inserted you, planted you into my house that I'm building. And when we'll give ourselves to the discipline of the Lord, we'll be shaped perfectly. There'll be no gaps. No gaps and no mortar needed. Because God is a perfect master builder. He's a master. He's a craftsman. But we have to give ourselves to that. See, here's the thing. I can give myself to that, but I can't give you. And you can give you, but you can't give me. But if each one of us will give ourselves, all of a sudden God can do something awesome. Each one of us can do that. Let me show you where it starts. For my first scripture of the night. (laughs) That was so much fun for me. Acts 17, 28. The Lord has taken me to this right now. And it's not just for now. It's just what he's on. He's got me on right now. But it's literally an every day, every hour, every second piece of our life. But we've got to focus on it and let it become who we are. This is not just a one-time thing. It's an all-the-time thing. But we've got to have time where we learn it and give ourselves to it. And this is what he's got me on right now. For in him... Lord, for in you, in you, Jesus, in you, in you. Father, right now, I just repent of times where I've not been in you the way that I should be, where I've let the devil drive a wedge of time between you and I. I just repent. I ask you to forgive me. In front of everybody listening, I ask you to forgive me. And I believe by faith that if I confess it, you are faithful and just to forgive me of all unrighteousness and cleanse me from all ungodliness. This has to be our heart. Lord, there's nothing else I need more in my life than to be in you, in fellowship with you, in time with you. I've got to walk in fellowship with you. We must walk in fellowship with you all the time. So, Lord, we just, we, we move. We purpose ourselves. We're intentional to get in fellowship with you, Jesus, and to never leave it again, to never leave it, because in you we live and move and have our being. Just let the Holy Spirit minister to you right now. In you, Lord, in you, Jesus. He wants to renew a fellowship with you where he can pour out the blessings, impart his anointing and his goodness 
but it's in him. Ha ha yetene. It's not in the podcast. It's not in the video game. It's not in the social media. It's in Jesus. It's not even in church. Church is a part of being in him, but that's not the root of it. The root of what church is, is Jesus. It's in him. It's, it's him. It's him. It's him. You can't separate those two. You can't be in Jesus if you're not in church, but it's not the church that makes Jesus great. It's Jesus who makes the church great. It's in Jesus. In Jesus. In him. We live. We have life to the full till it overflows. In Jesus, we live. We have life and life in abundance. You need a touch from the Lord in your life today? It's in Him. Yeah, Lord, I just ask you, pour out your fire and your joy and your anointing here tonight. Start touching your people, Lord, in, in a way that drives them, that burns up the flesh. Start touching your people. In Him, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Yeah, in Him. Fire of God from top of His head to the soles of His feet. Fire of God. Burn every bit, every bit of the flesh in the name of Jesus. Ha, ha, yes, to promo. Bename koro from. Hari he 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 he. Bolo to kuma. Who can Ha, ye yesterday. Come here. Have a seat there. Bopalema Stand over there. What do you want? What do you want? Be the full of Jesus. No more my old self or to be full servant of Jesus, of the Lord. Speak this with me. 
Say Jesus. Jesus. Right now. Right now. I give you every piece of me. I give you every piece of me. Thank you. I renounce. I renounce. Renounce. I renounce. Everything. Everything. That's not of you. That's not of you. Every spirit. Every spirit. Every doctrine of devil. Every doctrine of devils. Devils. Kohale fotalamotobo. I renounce it. I renounce it. I have no part with it. I have no part with it. Jesus, you are my Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord. And, and my Savior. And my Savior. My I believe you died for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe that God brought you back to life. And I believe God brought you back to life for me. So hotalakamo ofere ehete kalapo sote demon. Ho 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 yetene kadabo. Now. Batalenkano most be the base most cinco mo poframo space today. Kataromompo. Se e amo of lekomasebe. Soberomo. Every demonic force that has tried to hold him in his power. Be removed now in Jesus' name. Peace be to this body. aha. Peace be in the name of Jesus. Peace and grace. Thank you, Father. Peace and grace. Now just pray this with me. Say Jesus. Jesus. Just lift your hands. Jesus. Jesus. I ask you. I ask you. Baptize me. To baptize me. In the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. And fire. And fire. And I receive it now. I receive it now. I renounce. I renounce. A spirit of religion. A spirit of religion. And holding me back. And hold me back. From everything, from everything, God's called me to be. God's called me to be. And that spirit of religion, that spirit of religion, has no part with me. Has no part with me. From this day, from this day, forevermore. Forevermore. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right. Now you don't pray. You just receive. Lift your hands like a funnel. Lift in holy hands to receive from the Lord. In the name of Jesus, fire of God, burn out every part that's not of you. In Jesus' name. Burn up every piece that's not of you. Let the anointing of God and the grace of God strengthen him in every way to be free. Say this with me. Say, I am free. I am free. Completely whole, Completely whole. from this day forward. In the name of Jesus. Fire of God. Fire of God. Thank you, Father. In Him, we live. We have life to the full till it overflows. In Him, we live. In Him, we live in him we live did you know that all you need is life of God 
and it solves everything that you ever needed or desired. Life in Him. All that's been released is the Zoe life of God to bring freedom, to bring anointing. All you need is the Zoe life of God. In Him, we have that kind of life. In Him, we live with that kind of life. In Him, we have that kind of life. In Him. That's, so if we need that kind of life to start answering questions and solving and bringing solutions, the only thing we must do is to get in Him. To get in the place where we are tapped into the vine of the life of God and not detach ourselves. Not let the devil drive a wedge of time or offense or unbelief or doubt. No wedges but stay in connected. And when we stay connected in God, we'll walk in the power of God so that people around us will be drawn to the anointing so that they can come free. They'll be drawn to the anointing so they can come free. They'll be drawn to the fire of God so they can come free. That's not just a call for a pastor. What you just saw happen is what every believer is called to. Every believer is called to. The word says in Mark chapter 16, those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But before that it says those that believe will cast out devils. It says those that believe, if they drink something deadly, it won't hurt them them, those that believe will raise the dead. Those that believe, not those that are pastors, those that are apostles and prophets. No, those that believe. Those that believe. But that comes from being in Him. It doesn't come from how many hours you work on your job. It doesn't come from having the trophy spouse. It doesn't come from any of that. It comes from being in Him. The new job, it comes from being in Him. The promotion, it comes from being in Him, right? The health, it comes from being in Him. It's the life of God that's a natural part of being in Christ. In Him we live and we move. We take our motion. We go where we need to go. We're in the right place at the right time so that the blessings can pile up in our life because we are moved into the right places at the right time, taking the right steps. You know how you know where to move and where to step and what to do and what not to do? You just got to be in Him. You listen, you listen and you get to know His voice. My sheep will know my voice, Jesus said. You get to know His voice and how do you know it better than being in Him? And all of a sudden He'll say, He'll say, hey, have Paul do the offering this morning. Have Abigail do it this evening. Have uh, Miss Felicia uh, give a word. How many people were blessed by that word? But see, we had that motion that put us in the right place to receive a very timely word by being in Him. You might have been beneficiaries of it even if you weren't in Him, but somebody had to be in Him if it goes right. If it goes right, it came from somebody being in Him. In Him we live and move and have our being. In Him, the things that need to be in your life, it comes from being in Him. Not how hard you work. It comes from being in Him. You understand that where Adam had a lack in his life by being in God, God said, I'll create what you need. If need be, 
I'll create it. What, let me, listen, you think he loved Adam more than he loves you? If you need something, you get in him, things will come into being because you're in him. He'll, he'll bring, he'll manufacture customers to come to your business. He'll manufacture wisdom to plant in your brain so that you walk in favor and promotion. He'll, he'll bring about a favor that can only be found in Jesus. He will bring about and cause things to be like light be. You know, fish be in the sea. Animals be on the ground. All of these things he brought into being. But it's in him we live. We have life to the full till it overflows. In him we move. We have our motion. We're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing because we're in him, in fellowship with him. It's the blessing. And in him we have our being. He calls us things to be in our lives. He brings things into being and he creates them in him. It's all in Him. But it's not something I can do for you and it's not something you can do for me. You have to make up your own mind that I will be in Him. You want to stay free? You want to stay free and never go back? Get in Him. You want to stay free and never go back? Be completely healed, completely whole? Get in Jesus. Get in Him. Get in Him. Get in Him. Get in Him. It's the, it's the key. Get in Him. Get in Him. It's the key. Get in Him. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost for a minute. I've found that being in Him is, I can pray and help you to help seal it, but I've found that it's very personal. It's something you've got to handle personally, it's something you've got to desire yourself, and then you've got to walk in it. And so what I want to do right now is just have them play a little bit of soft music and uh, worship music. Start it low. And, and I just for a few minutes, doesn't have to take long, doesn't have to take short, just we'll just be led for a few minutes and spend some time in Him. And if you want to go to the altar and like I did a second ago, just repent for not being in Him and, and throw yourself on the altar of God and just start today. Lord, I'm going to be in You. Jesus, in You, I will live and move and have my being from this day forward and I'll never go back again. If that's You and You want to hit your knees at the altar, it's a great place to do it. Let's just spend a few minutes in Him.
staring at the beauty of the king May we never lose our wonder May we never lose our wonder Wide-eyed and mystified May we be just like a child Staring at the beauty of like a child staring at the beauty of our king oh fill us with wonder may we never lose our Always remember, the only person that would ever keep you out of relationship with Jesus is the devil. It's never going to come from God. He's always going to be moving you into relationship. If there's any draw to not move into him, that's the enemy of your soul. It's never God. Because everything of him is in Christ. You are. 
as we take communion tonight. Let's renew our covenant with Jesus. Let's renew our being in Him. Let's esteem the price that He paid. And our esteem of it says we won't just have a moment at a service on Sunday night, but we'll have a moment from this day forward. We esteem it for what it is, a life given that could have gone on. And so therefore, we'll esteem it on the same level that says, Lord, I'll give you my life. Proper esteem is to take what's been given and look at it as a requirement. To whom much is given, much is required. Lord, this isn't something I see as optional. I, giving of myself, it's, it's not optional. It's, it's who I am. It's who I will be from this day forward. My life for your life. I'm giving it to you. Not because you made me, but because I want to. Because Jesus, I love you. I love you. what you've done for me. I love what you've done for others. I love the love that you are. The character, the nature, the perfection of God's goodness. His absolute love. I love that you are a good, good father. I love that you have my best interest in mind. I love that you're setting me free, that you're bringing life to the full until it overflows in me, that you're moving me in the right places, that you're creating for me whatever it is I need. But even more than all of the tangible things, I love you for you. If one as good as you can't be chosen to love, and that, that's an issue I've got to deal with. But if you are really that good, then I can make a choice to love you. And I'll never let go of that choice. I'm making a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving to you. No matter whether or not I ever see the manifestation in my life or not, although I know I will, but even if it never came, I would serve you. I would love you. I would do whatever you lead me to do because I love you, Lord. And today, Lord, we choose. We're going to move in Christ from this day forward and we'll never go back. I will have regular time in Jesus and I'll never go back. Today is a marker where it changes. I might not get it all right tomorrow, but I'm believing that it goes up. And every step gets brighter and brighter. I may have some stuff that I don't even know about that i got to work out. But you're going to show me what that is. I'm going to give myself to correction and discipline. I will esteem the price of the body and the blood. And I will esteem it by spending time with you, Jesus. By being in you, in the vine. Father, we recognize and we remember the body that you took stripes on, that you allowed to be nailed to a cross 
that you allowed to be broken for us and the life blood every drop straight out of love you drained your life that we might be full up Lord we esteem it tonight a life for a life and as we take communion we let it we let it seal us in our habits in the way that we walk, in the way that we think, we let it seal us, we'll never be the same. Just say this with me, just say, Jesus, you're my Lord. You're the director of my life. You call the shots and I'll be obedient. You're my savior. You're saving me and have saved me from everything I need saving from. It's who you are. You took my mess, my sin, placed it on your shoulders, held it on the cross, let it take you to the grave, and gave your life for me. And then God brought you back to life. And when he raised you up, he raised me up. And I won't take advantage of it or dishonor it or despise it. But I'll let the work that you did empower me to give myself to you and to be in you. And Jesus, I ask you, baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Baptize me with the consuming fire of God that I might live in you forever. Father, we praise you and we thank you for it today. Lord, it's no small thing to remember the price that you gave in your son. Jesus, it's no small thing to remember the life that you gave to us and the love that, and the passion that you poured out. And Holy Spirit, it's no small thing to remember the resurrection power that you brought about when you raised Jesus from the dead that now resides in us. It is no small thing and we receive it all, remember it all, and walk out it all. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take the body and the blood.